Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode of ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast, was recorded with Zoom Audio. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom! A-S-A-P. This is another Sean Allen podcast. Apple listeners, please hit that subscribe button, write a review with the five-star rating ASAP. And if you're listening on Spotify, please follow. Today, my special guest is dating coach, relationship coach, father, husband, star of <laughs> own TV's Black Love Doc, Nikolai. What's up, man? Hey, hey, what's going on, Sean? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I've been looking at the social media following the Black Love Doc, and you guys have been getting a very positive response. How has that been? Man, it's been more than what I could have ever expected or anticipated. To be honest with you, it's been, the love has been awesome. Um, it's been well-received. And, you know, going into it, I had no idea what to expect, what, you know, could, you know, come from this. And, you know, I just thought it was an amazing opportunity for, me and Roxy to tell our story and yeah man it's been the turnout has been been great uh the the response from the fans and the people that are tuned into the show have really showed an interest in in me and Roxy and just our love and our story so i mean it's it's a blessing bro it, it really is it's great it's been great do you think that you guys are getting a different response next to the other couples Or do you see, I see it, but do you see it? I don't know, because I think when I watch the show and the shows in previous years, I think everybody has their own unique story, which I think is great within itself. Right. And just from the other stories within our our season i think everybody has you know their own unique story and i actually i was invested in all of them i thought they were all great right. i think there's something to do with with long distance in my in my opinion right. that people struggle wrapping their mind around because whether they've tried it before or they've heard friends talk about it it's an extremely difficult and challenging feat. So the fact that 
we're kind of being highlighted as somebody that, you know, we did it almost makes us seem like an anomaly, which I don't think we are, but I think it, I think it just kind of puts us in a, in a spotlight of like, or here's two people. Not only did they do long distance, but they did it from continent to continent, which is a little yeah. bit crazy. Intercontinental, right? That's Intercontinental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long have you been a relationship dating coach? I've been doing this for a little over a year. Um, I have really started pushing like the marketing and really tapping into this since cotton at the beginning of, of this year. And really for me, what happened, I initially was going in the process of getting my master's for uh, marriage family therapy. I wanted to be um, a relationship therapist. And while I was in my studies, I, I, I came to find out because all my professors were also practicing, you know, therapists. And one of the, the commonalities that I was finding across the board is a lot of the times when people are seeking help, with relationship therapy it's a little bit too far down the the rabbit hole it's a little past a lot of the times it's on the brink of divorce or oh, somebody right. is somebody is already completely checked out and they're just kind of going through the motions as the last straw before they actually finalize their their split and um whether it's like through the attorney saying, Hey, why don't you guys try to just go through some therapy first? So I, from what I gathered is a lot of the times it's, it's far too late, you know, and, and therapists aren't miracle workers. Like it's, they can advise and can give you different things that can, you know, strengthen or try to help you know, blossom or rejuvenate the relationship. But at the end of the day, it, it takes two people with a willingness to want to give it a try. And if some, if, if one of the pieces is checked out, it's just, it's really hard to overcome. And because of that, while I was in school, I, I decided, you know, this is not the realm of which I want to operate. You know, I just, to take on that much, that much energy of just struggle and, and hardship and, and getting constantly all the, the bad of the relationship, I felt that I can make my mark in, in another way. And I find that if you can get in early on, and help people build the skills or kind of just shape their, their perspective of how they look at relationing and, and finding a lifetime partner. If you can build that foundation early prior to even finding Mr. or Mrs. Right, that's just going to set you up with greater success and uh, a greater likelihood of you being able to get through difficult times in your relationship because you're truly finding somebody that's compatible as opposed to finding somebody 
10 years down the line, five years down the line, you realize you guys aren't compatible at all. And now you're going through shit. And it's like, man, this is just, this is just not going to work. So helping people find the right compatibility and making sure that they're, you know, displaying and reflecting the attributes to the people that they want to try to attract and bring into their life. That's pretty interesting. I agree with you too, because that is, you're trying to, you saw the area for, like you said, the commonality. You were saying that like people are trying to fix relationships or marriages that's already broken. How about I try to do this from the beginning and prevent and get all this out at the beginning? Exactly. Yeah, that definitely is a a good approach. And that's funny because I announced on my Patreon that I was going to have you on the show. And any questions anybody have, somebody sent me something and it kind of lends itself to, well, it lends itself to what you just said. I'm going to read this. Okay. It says, Dear ASAP, I've been seeing this incredible woman for the past month and for the most part, it's been a great experience. However, I do notice a little agitation about the closeness of my family and I. I have four siblings, six nieces and nephews, and over 20 cousins who all have families of their own. And all of us from the rooter to the tutor are close. Me and my family, we're friends. I don't know what that means. Okay. Then it says, I'm friends with my family. Okay. I'm friends with my family. Mm. My girl, my girlfriend on the other end comes from a small family. She was the only child. And at this time, her nor her two cousins have families of their own. A very small family. Although I don't think my family is no closer than any other West Indian family. Mm. I think because... I think because she isn't used to this, it bothers her. We spend a lot of time together, but I think there may be jealousy and or lack of understanding when it comes to my love and closeness for my family. I can see this being an area of tension with us, but what's a great way to deal with it before it becomes a problem and to avoid conflict? That's the end of it, yeah. My interpretation of that is basically he's, I don't know if this is a man or a woman, they're close with their family and they're um they could see their partners being getting irritated or jealous you know. with the closeness. Right. Yeah, and that's it's actually a a great question and it's something that is quite common actually. And I think the best way to way to tackle it is again, I mean he's already in it like he's invested but again one of the things that i do is early on you know that family is important to you like that's west indies i'm i i got west indian blood too i know family is everything so if you know that going into it it's it's one of those things where you have to make sure you're you're dating somebody that one they don't have to be as invested or as close to their family but at least somebody for like this example they come from a his girlfriend comes from a a small family so maybe that's it's not her norm but sometimes when it's not your norm that could be something that's enticing or exciting wow i've come from a small family this is something that is new to me i love that that's the type of person that he before knowing this situation should have been trying to look for somebody that is whether they also have a big family and family is also important to them or if they're not somebody that looks at family as like wow this is something that 
I want for myself as well. Um, I always, I look at different scenarios on a, on a spectrum and they don't have to be right in line, but very, but they can't be polar opposite. So if family is extremely important for him and to her, it's the opposite and it gives her anxiety, big family closeness, all that gives anxiety to her, then that's going to draw extreme tension and problems within the relationship and it's family. There's nothing he can, he can do about that. I mean, he's not going right. to turn his back to his family, nor should he. I mean, that's, that's family. Like there's nothing wrong. There's no character flaw that says, Oh, he shouldn't, you know, have a closeness with his family. But I would say, in the situation that he's currently in, there's a couple things that I would look at. If he's dating somebody that has anxiety or just struggles with how close he is to his family, if this isn't forever and he thinks this person, he's really invested in this person, it's his responsibility to make them feel comfortable and understand that despite me having a closeness, whether there be my best friends, my moms, my cousins, despite me having as close of a relationship as I have with them, you are my number one. I'm going to put you as my priority. There are times when people are super close to their family and they choose family over the relationship. And that is wrong. And then that's where I would have to side with, with the partner. You can be close to your family. I'm very close to my my sister, one of my best friend, my my parents are friend. Like I have a really tight knit family. The the way I was raised, but I would right. never put them over over my wife or over the perf person that I was viewing as somebody that was going to be forever. So it would be their responsibility to make their partner understand that yes i'm close to my family and they have and the other partner has to respect that but they also have to make them know that you are my number one this you are my priority you do come you do come first and you can't just say it you have to also show it with your actions but you know with the kind of a long-winded response to kind of narrow it down and fine-tune it i would say to start you have to make sure that one your partner has to be okay with you having a relationship right with your family like they can't if they say like you you can't be close to them anymore that's that's not good that's a, that's a deal breaker but you also the one that's close to the family has to make it clear to your partner that you are my number one and you are my priority you come first Everything else comes, comes after, but you can't expect me to disconnect from my family. Okay. That is some good advice. And they're trying to prevent, I don't know who sent this to me, but they're trying to prevent it becoming an issue in the future. And that goes into what you were saying to where, why you picked your profession. You want to prevent 
and not try to fix something down the line. You want to prevent it from happening or get it out at the beginning versus waiting five, ten years down the line. Exactly. Yeah. So um yeah, this and the thing that Yeah, and ahead. the thing that's challenging with with relationships and why a big part of my work is trying to help people reshape their their ideologies or their ideas about how they they look at relationships because if you don't go into a relationship with any type of intention and a lot of the times when you're young or you just go on with the flow there is no intention you meet somebody there's chemistry whether it's sexual chemistry whether it's just a physical infatuation then it's just like man this feels nice let's just go with it and sometimes you knock it out the park and sometimes you swing and you swing and you miss royally miss you know and it takes time for that infatuation, that feeling to go away. And sometimes by the time it goes away, you're already so far into deep. Now it's just like, crap, what the hell do I do now? So by helping people reshape their, their thoughts about how they perceive relationships and go into it almost like a, a business partner, looking at it like a business partnership. Are you guys compatible? These are the things that you need. These are the things that you need from a partner to, to work long-term. These are the, your deal breakers that I don't care how amazing they are. If they have A, B, C, D, there's no way that this could work. And being, you know, very, uh, aware of those deal breakers will help you, you know, so much down down the line when you when you finding when you finding a partner i agree with that do you suggest to that people well obviously you do obviously this is your profession so get it out at the beginning of the relationship or when you're but couldn't that be viewed as a little bit aggressive when you are having these hard conversations yeah what i tell uh, it's funny i was because i i talked with roxy you know about the you know, the work I do or just, you know, talking to her about my ideas or kind of my perspectives. And, um, this recently came up and I was, I was talking to a client about the early stages of dating. And I specifically said, like, when you're just going with the feels of how you feel and you're just kind of going along with it, there's, there's really no no planning. There's no intention. You just, you're just going with it. If it makes you feel great, you stick with it. If it doesn't, then you bow out. But when you're going with intention, you have to go at it almost like an interview. You, you, you're like essentially interviewing potential partners to see if they align with your life and the things that you're trying to accomplish. And can they work, you know, within you, you know, within the confinements of the journey that you're on, are you guys compatible? So essentially it's an interview, but like you said, you run the risk. Like if you go at it too aggressively, if you, if you make it sound like you're giving somebody the, the third degree and you're grilling them, asking them all these questions, then, you know, that person is one probably going to, be extremely turned off by it and they're not even going to allow themselves to generate any organic chemistry so because of that you have to be very you know cautious of 
how you do that. And especially now with online dating and people are actively pursuing partners, I always tell my clients to have fun with it. Like it should never sound like you're in an interview. It should be conversational. And oftentimes I even suggest playing games. Like when you first date somebody and you like them, now you're not going to ask all these serious questions on the very first date. To me, I always suggest first date is always a chemistry read. Like, do we, is, is there anything there? Do we have any type of chemistry? Can we just hold the conversation? Can we get a, can we get along? So anything serious or of substance really, in my opinion, doesn't really need to happen in that, in that first meeting. But, you know, second, third date, I always say, if somebody's interest, you, there's intrigue. Like you want to, you want to know about the person. It's to the point of, you want to know the things that are so silly. And right. that's the beauty of relationship. You want to know somebody's favorite color. You want to know what that, what their spirit animal is. You want to know what, you know, are they, do they sleep on the back? Do they sleep on their side? Like you, every little aspect of a right. partner, when you show interest early on in a relationship, you want to know, and you do a lot of times organically. So when you're actively trying to pursue someone, I always tell my clients, mix it in, like ask to play a game. Let's play a game. You know, something as silly as 10 questions, 20 questions. You ask, you ask 10 questions. Don't ask a question that you're not willing to answer yourself and mix it in, mix in you know, five questions of very surface, very plain questions, silly questions. What's your favorite color? You know, do you know how to rollerblade? Things like that. And then also you can throw in, but where do you see yourself in, you know, five years? What are your weaknesses? How, you know, things like that. It shouldn't all be like peeling, lay, um, peeling onion type questions. It should be a, a nice balance of, very playful surface level questions with getting in, you know, some, some questions of substance. And then over time, you know, you would be surprised if you're dating frequently with somebody, a lot of these things are going to get discovered really quickly and it's going to happen organically. So here's the thing though, here, here is where it kind of get a little tricky because you are in a, what people would say, non-traditional relationship in terms of how you guys met and how long you guys did the intercontinental dating thing you know and then you guys roxy (laughs) said in the last episode that we had here at asap that you guys had sex after two days Mm -hmm. so is that is your advice you know there's not a there's not a real or 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 wrong way to do it right like how do you yeah, no, there's not a, there's not a real, there's not a right or wrong way. There's always going to be a gray area. Um, for, for women specifically, a lot of the times when they're at a place in their life, when they're looking for a partner, they're, they're at the point where they no longer want to just have one night stands. They, they, they no longer want to just if it let's just it feels nice let's just see where it goes so with clients like that i tell them you know it is better 
to wait on sex to really evaluate and vet out somebody's character before you know taking it to that level because men are hunters and a lot of times when we want what we want we'll put in you know we'll we'll roll the red carpet we'll show face we'll you know make them feel like a million bucks and then we get the thing that we want and then all of a sudden the behavior start to change but if you if you make them wait a little bit longer is there is there all do you is there always that small percentage of a guy that is so hungry he's going to if it takes a year he's going to get the thing that he wants and then bounce yeah but the likelihood of it is much smaller than if you don't make somebody work for it and you give it to him right away and then you see their behavior i think a guy that is truly invested is gonna have a willingness to to wait get to know somebody and show his character before the um the sex happens so when you're going in it with structure that's what that's what i would suggest can't because with my wife and i i wasn't going into it with with structure me and roxy like that that wasn't a, a proactive way. I wasn't out there looking for, right, for a wife. So it it does happen organically, and there was a a huge risk involved. Like if if Roxy wasn't you know self aware, or she was in a position where she just you know she no longer wanted to add to her add to her number women always talk about numbers like oh i don't there's a i don't want to <laughs> have want another many bodies on me right. <laughs> exactly i don't want these, <laughs> as many bodies on me she ran that risk of meeting me i could have been you know somebody just coming to cape town looking for looking for fun we had we had sex and then i bounced and then she would have been stuck like damn like i got another body on me and it it went to nothing so there, there's always, there's always that risk, you know, and for, for her, luckily she met somebody that were equally compatible and our chemistry was on, you know, another level and it worked out for us. And, but that, that I mean, that's not the way I would suggest or recommend doing it when you're actively pursuing somebody because she wasn't actively pursuing a husband and I wasn't actively pursuing a wife it, with our it situation that it happened organically and it happens I mean it happens all the time and there's a lot of risk involved with it so I just say for people that are actively looking for a partner they have to be a little more okay. strategic and, and cautious yeah, with yeah. it but it do you find that, you know, looking for a relationship and then getting into relationships after you've been on the prowl or the hunt don't work like the ones that just, like you and Roxy, that just happen out of nowhere? Do you, you know what I mean? When it happens organically and when you're not looking for it, those relationships seem to work better than the ones from the people who are on the prowl or on the scene. You see what I'm saying? Or is that? Is that a thing, or is that in my head? No, I when 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 you say, I'm trying to 
understand you know, people on, da- on on dating apps. So okay. People who are on dating apps, they're looking, you know, to hook up or they're looking for a relationship. They're on the market. You know, I got versus you. you and Mark are uh, you and Roxy, you guys uh-huh. weren't you guys were on the market. You guys were available to date, but you guys weren't looking or in that space to look for someone. And it just happened. Yeah. You, so I don't think it sounds it sounds nicer on paper when you say, Oh, you know, it just happened, you know, organically or just happened. They came when I least expected because it's the hopeless romantic in us. Like we, that's the, that's the storybook ending. We want to hear, tell ourselves or everybody wants that, you know, fairy tale ending. So on paper, it sounds nicer, but the divorce rate is 60%. So wow. at the end of the, the, at the end of the day, it, you run a bigger risk by just going with the flow and and hoping things work out and kind of throwing stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks as opposed to being proactive with it. Maybe, maybe it doesn't feel, or maybe it didn't come out like all this lust or this infatuation. And there was just these high levels of chemical responses happening between our, our brains and we just were connected. Maybe you, you lose that element, but, you know, finding compatibility and longevity, which is ultimately what, what we're all looking for. I think you have a a better chance of success doing it more strategic. When I'm dating, I'm, or when I'm on the market, I ask the, I tend to ask the harder questions up front or get them out. I think I have, I think I do a great job at, like you said, making it conversational, not making it like Mm -hmm. an interrogation, Mm -hmm. but it kind of like, in this in this day and age with dating, I feel like people are people view people as like disposable, and in 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 relationships, people are so easy to come by. Does that you understand what I mean? Like people don't well, people value are... relationships the way that they did when our parents were coming up, or, right? You know? Well, we are well, we are disposable. I mean, when you decide to get into a relationship you're making an active choice to spend your life with somebody and in a time of you know social media and you know all these people putting these highlight reels on their on their instagram or on on their social media pages it can be challenging and extremely um tempting to feel like man I can do better or, you know, what's the next specs thing? Like almost, almost like a drug. It's a, it's a fix. You got your fix. That was a nice high. Now you're looking for, uh, the next high, which is why I put so much emphasis on, on value and not, and not tangible value. Like there needs to be, uh, a deeper level. Why? Like, what's your, why, why did you choose this person? And and the sex is good and they're extremely attractive or they're nice just doesn't cut it. Like there has to be a, a deeper reason of why you're choosing this person. Cause if there's not, then, then they are disposable. You can find somebody else that's good in bed. You can find somebody else that's just or more attractive, like things that don't really have any, any substance or value. It just, 
it's easy to, you know, move on because relationships are challenging. But if you have a strong why, if, if somebody adds a, a level of value to your life that you feel you can't get somewhere else, you're going to be more prone to hold on to that. And you're going to, even when things get difficult, because at the end of the day, you know, this is, this is why, this is the reason why I, I chose you. And even though our relationship sucks right now, I'm going to ch- continue to choose you because of, because of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. Do you believe that the distance between you and Roxy helped your relationship? Like the long distance thing, the lack of physical contact, do you think that that helps or helped in your case with your relationship, your marriage? I think, yeah, it did. I mean, it forced us to communicate. It forced us to really get to know each other. Um, So I I definitely think the the long distance played a role. And I think the effort, I think I effort and being proactive in your relationship is is so important and it needs to be a priority. And a lot of the times, and I think this is where the long distance really helped. So when you live together or you're dating and you see each other all the time, seeing each other can sometimes be masked with quality time. Just because you see somebody doesn't mean you, you're getting to know them doesn't mean you're putting any effort in the relationship doesn't it, it can be it's it's so easy to to confuse like the amount of effort that you're actually putting into the relationship just because you you see each other oh we we saw each other we have we have sex it's, it's intimate so it's good but like what are you actually doing to strengthen or or grow the relationship and it can sometimes be you know hidden in mass with the physical time of just being in the same space um you know it happens all the time with relationships that get complacent like oh one person was like you don't see me and he's like what are you talking about i don't see i see you every day you come home at three o'clock we have dinner and you know we watch tv together and then the other person is like no but you don't see me you don't you don't really understand me or how I move. So it happens all the time. Now with long distance, you don't have that luxury or not really even a luxury. You don't have that ability to, to mask effort because if you're not putting in effort, then you're one out of sight, out of mind. Like you're not present. You're not present at all. And so you're really forced to work on the relationship you don't have the physical so you you're constantly forced to make a presence in the other person's life if you want if you truly want it to work like yeah you can you know say you're in a long distance and when it's you know when it's easy and convenient it, it can you know you guys can meet up or whatever but with two people that are really trying to make it work you you both parties are really trying to make an effort to constantly have a presence in the other person's life from a distance. And so you do that with extra communication. 
you do that with extra time talking on the you know phone you do extra time with like being thoughtful about how could you know i make this person happy today you just you go more above and beyond and then if if you're not it's easier to sigh like feel a disconnect because you don't have the physical so it's constantly trying to you know stay stay connected and stay present because naturally if you if you don't have that presence it's it's at some point it's going to be out of sight out of mind we 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 like connection we want to um we're social creatures you know so if you're going to be in long distance you always have to make it uh, a priority to try to show your your presence and your your effort to from from a distance that makes a lot of sense. Did you ever think that you will be before you before you and Roxy got together and met? Was a relationship coach dating? Was that ever a relationship therapist? Was that ever a thing of yours, or did that happen because of the relationship that you're in? Did that? You, no, it's you, it's always been. I've always been a hopeless romantic. I've always believed in the the power of love since I was, since I was a kid, um, you know, whether it be like <laughs> me being elementary school and, you know, eighties R and B nine, early nineties R and B music. I just felt like the, the music was talking to me. Like I, it just made, you know, sense to me or, you know, being in high school, writing love letters for my best friends to his girl, because they didn't know how to express themselves or, you know, they didn't know what to say. So it's always innately been been part of me and and it's funny because when i was in high school i saw the movie hitch and i was like that's it i'm gonna be that's that's what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life i'm gonna be you know a relationship consultant i'm gonna be uh whatever the case may be i saw that movie and i was like that's me that's i i, I saw <laughs> myself and you know then i was like you know maybe i want to be a sex therapist because i understood the you know the importance of of sex and I, I just felt like I was always advanced for my age, but then you know you have outside sources, people looking at like a a high school kid, like a sex therapist or a relationship. Like, what do you know about that? Or you know, and kind of feeding into others people's you know opinions kind of made me a mask um, and kind of bookshelf that that idea. And so, I mean, I went through. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, all my 20s, just taking in uh, loads of, you know, personal research and experience and growth. Because I'll be the first to tell you, I made a ton of mistakes. Like I, I am not some, you know, altar boy, Bible hugger. Like I, I made a lot of bad choices in my, in my dating experience. Um, and then I, I just reached a point and I really did a lot of self-reflection or just kind of dissecting of why I made these choices then and and my willingness to make better choices now and so i i i did a lot of of that mixed in with you know meeting roxy and our experience and just feeling the the growth and the the mountains we and obstacles we overcame through our own personal journey i I just felt like this was something that I wanted to help other people with. Um, and, you know, I have a wife that is extremely supportive and, you know, sometimes sees the greater good in myself before I see it. And when maybe I was a little reluctant to, you know, go after it or go after this big dream or go after something that's a little untraditional because I come from a, traditional background of you know go to school get a job you work at your job and you retire so right having somebody that you know opened my eyes and pushed me to pursue something that was a little untraditional outside right. the norm um she's actually you know i i credit her so much in you know having me move the needle to really actively say you know this is despite other opinions, whether it even come from family members, despite other opinions, like this is something that you're good at. This is a gift and talent of yours. You need to, you need to pursue it. So I, I credit my wife for that. That's pretty dope. That's, that's, I mean, how can I find me a Rocky? <laughs> because man, somebody who is, especially to be so young, you know what I mean? And to be with so many distractions. You know, it is easy for someone to lose interest in a in a person or to 
almost be negative sometimes. So to kind of have a partner who's always positive and rooting you on and who, like you said, see the greater good in yourself before you see it. That is very, well, she, that is, that is my, that is one of my whys for Roxy. Cause I, at my core, one of my weaknesses is being, you know, a pessimist or some people would call it a realist, which I, I think is ridiculous, but you know, just thinking that, Oh, that's not possible. Or you can't do that. And, or thinking people have ulterior motives, just that. And it's not a, a trait that I like about myself and I've been working to be better. And so when I met somebody that is the complete opposite, that she can see the greatness in everybody and she really tries to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and elevate people. I was like, I need some more of that. That, that was a big influence in my, you know, in my life. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, for somebody who's thinks that they're amazing already and, you know, already has that trait, then that wouldn't be their why. It wouldn't be as hold as much weight. But because of, you know, how I was kind of raised, my dad's, me and my dad are very similar. My dad's like that. He's, he doesn't think he is, but he's extremely uh, pessimistic or, you know, doesn't, you know, I would call him a, a glass half empty over a half, half full guy. And <laughs> just, just, you know, through, through nature, I acquired same mindsets or, you know, skill sets. And so, I'm, but I've, I'm trying to be better. I, I see that it's, it's a crutch. Um, and so I, I, I use my acknowledgement of that is just trying to constantly reshape my my initial thoughts to you know overcome those those first thoughts that i have and then i have a i have a wife that also elevates me and, and pushes me and she reminds me and she she's there of support so it just it just works our our and that's where I, again it, it rolls back to compatibility as much as when i met roxy i had no clue where the relationship was going to go for our, it was, it started off merely, uh, sexual intimacy, um, you know, infatuation and slowly, but surely I started to develop, a, a respect for her that I hadn't had for other women in my life. And, you know, with that respect, then I started putting, the pieces together of like, okay, can this work? Because, because I am a realist and because of, you know, my background of really understanding relationships, as much as I was in my, my feelings or in my mind, like, oh, this feels so nice. She's amazing. I respect her so much for what she's accomplished as a, you know, single mother, her back, all these things at the end of my, at the end of the day, I still was putting the pieces together of compatibility. So as we were navigating our relationship, I was still looking at the broader scope and looking past how I felt for her and started looking at, could this, do these pieces work long-term, whether it's like the type of career she wants, can I live with 
somebody that, you know, does this type of career, like her parenting skills. Can I, would I be okay with having a wife that mothers or mothers, you know, all you start looking at all the different elements of a real relationship, say like, right. could this work long-term? And then, so, I mean, I, I, for me, I needed to have a clear cut belief. At least, I mean, we're not all a thousand percent right all the time, but I had to believe as far as like all the things that I needed for compatibility to believe that she possessed those before, you know, taking it to the level of an engagement and then, you know, further marriage. So there's still, I mean, even though it started off with just feels, there still was for me a process of really kind of trying to check the boxes to make sure that I, I believe that this would work long term. But it did sound like when you guys first met, like you guys kind of instantly knew that this was a little bit more than whatever I dealt with before. Bro, I'll be a hundred. I was dating. So I, I talk about it on, um, our podcast going the distance with, yeah, going the distance with Nico rock. When I met Roxy, I was dating somebody in the States. Um, and they, and and that's why it's so a a lot of the work that I do, it, it comes from a, a place of, I didn't just read a textbook, like a lot, everything I've experienced, like I've had a shit ton of, of life experiences that has shaped my, my mindset. And I was living in New York and I was dating somebody that was in California and the level of investment that I had in that relationship compared to what I ended up having in the investment with Roxy is night and day so here we are two people saying that they're in a long distance relationship one before i met roxy was this is convenient i'm doing my own thing in new york when they come out to visit me they visit me we have a good time you know there was very little effort on my end but technically i'm in a long distance relationship and then here i am and then here's another aspect of what long distance a long distance relationship is really supposed to look like and all my cards are on the table and I'm showing with my actions that we are going to make this work because this is what we want. And so I was, when I met Roxy, I was seeing somebody and I, I was in that place in that other relationship where on paper, they they were great they were there was there was nothing wrong with them but we just didn't have a connection i didn't have a a connection to her the way i would have wanted and you know i would you know make excuses for my for myself saying that maybe it's the distance maybe it's you know maybe once i move to california maybe we will you know reconnect and i will feel stronger but it just was never it just was, there was something that was off despite all the, you know, compatibility things that we had. There was just an element of chemistry that we just, I never felt. And then I meet Roxy and we connected on a whole nother level. And Roxy found out about the other girl. And instead of me trying to hide it, I owned it. And Roxy was done with me. She was like, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not another, I'm not another woman. I'm not, right. you know, this is not something that I have to respect her. And I'm just, you know, as much as I like you, that that's just not in my character. And it absolutely broke me. And that was kind of a, a, almost an aha moment for me as to how much I was falling or, or feeling some type of way about Roxy. Because in my mind, the idea of Roxy, me, I had been, you know, dating this other woman, you know, on and off for like a little over a year. And it hurt my feel, it made me feel bad that I was going to hurt a good woman and hurt her feelings. But the idea of her being out of my life forever didn't move me in the way that the idea of Roxy being out of my life forever. And I had only known her for, you know, a, a couple months. Like I just couldn't, the connection that we had, I was just like, there's no way that this, like this could be it, that this, that this woman is, is going to be out of my, my life forever. So I, you know, I, man, I pull out all the stops, bro. Like I, I put on my sales, salesman cap and i i don't know what i did i tried to every which way i possibly could i had to make roxy understand that she wasn't a side chick that this relationship this chemistry that we had was something that i wasn't anticipating that i wasn't looking for she came out of left field and that i'm not planning on continuing you know, a relationship with this other woman. I, I, I had to explain to her that, like, I don't want to just call her right from here over the phone and be like, hey, this, is, this isn't working anymore. I, I wanted to give her the respect of, you know, talking to her in person or like just having a, a, a longer conversation about where I was coming to the decision of not wanting to proceed forward. But I needed Roxy to know that she wasn't, um, you know, just some other, other chicken, you know, and it might've been a week or, uh, and my time in Cape town was coming to an end too. So now it's even worse because I know time is limited and the tickers on. And now I'm trying to make Roxy believe that this is, this is for real. And, you know, finally she, you know, took, took my word for it again that's a character that's a that's a character trait that she has that that blind trust that she has to be like okay i do believe that that we have something special i do believe that he doesn't view me in that light so there's that element of blind trust and vulnerability of saying like okay i'm going to believe you because i could have been talking shit you know like i could have been you know, blown steam up her ass just because I want to spend more time with them being extremely selfish. But there's sometimes there's that element of, of blind trust that you just have to have and you go with your gut and sometimes it's wrong and sometimes it's right. And for our situation, it was, it was right. I mean, the minute I, I got back, I, I ended things and I started build trying to build a foundation of showing Roxy how 
how serious I was willing to take the relationship. So, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been through it, man. Like it's, it's been a, it's been a long process of where I've been in my past to where I am today. And it's, and I'm still growing, man. It's, it's a constant, it's a constant reevaluation of self and just trying to be a better man today than I was yesterday. But it's, and that, and that journey that. never ends, right? That, that journey, journey that, never ends. Yeah, yeah. And um, growing, the grow, growing in the growth with the relationship and as an individual should never end as well. You know what I mean? We change and we grow every day. And I think a lot of relationships kind of have issue when one person is growing and the other one isn't. And what, you know what I mean? Like one person right. is growing when it comes to spirituality, um, professionalism, um, you know, financial, whatever. There's just growth you see in one person and the other person is kind of the same person they were when they first met. I kind of right. see that being a thing. You know, Yeah, it's, so. it's a thing. And I don't think people need to grow, you know, side by side at the same pace. But again, with deal breakers, like people that are motivated or people that want a better life for themselves typically want to surround themselves around like-minded individuals. So of course they want to be with somebody that also is, is striving for um, a level of success or a level of, of growth within their own life. I mean, I, I, I do believe that we're all on our individual journeys. And when you meet the right person who respects you and, and respects the path that you're on, you're able to go on your individual journeys together. And that's, uh, some people have a perspective of, you know, two people become one. And there's, there's a level of that, I do believe, because ultimately when you make the decision to get married, I think you, selfishness has to go out the window. Every decision that you make I think you always have to have the other person in mind when making decisions about how it's going to affect both of you guys. But I do believe that as far as goals and as far as journeys, there is an individual walk of life that you're, that you're still on with things that you want to accomplish, with things that you want to do. And you just happen to meet somebody at a, at a right time or the wrong time. And, they also have a willingness to go on their own journey just alongside of you. I agree with that. I agree with that. What advice when your daughter, your bonus daughter, when she comes to you and ask you or start dating, what advice would you have for her? Dating. She ain't dating, man. <laughs> but she got, I mean, she got like, she got like five, she got like Five, six, seven, eight, nine, she got, ten she got years. twenty years before she starts that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I, I would firstly, that would be, I would feel that I did my job as a as a role model, as a as a stepdad, as a dad. However, she views me, I feel like I would do. I would feel that I was doing a good job if she felt the comfort and being able to come to me and 
have those type of conversations. It would it would really uh, make make my day because that's one of the, the conversation pieces that me and Roxy are always having in our house. Just feeling an openness to discuss things that are on your mind and not feeling like I'm. It's you're always going to get a parent's perspective or you're going to get in trouble. Just being able to feel free to express yourself in the things that are on your mind. So if she got to a place where she's ready to date and she came and asked for my advice about it, yo, man, that would be, that'd be pretty dope. That'd be pretty dope. Advice. I would, I would give her would be to know who you are. Don't change. Don't change the things that make you special. Don't change the things that make you amazing. Obviously, if there are weaknesses that you have and somebody brings out the best of you and, and you choose to evolve and, and grow and try to be better, that's, that's something completely separate. That's amazing. But don't ever change the, the, the characteristic traits, the, the personality traits that make you unique and make you special. Um, I think it's so easy to try to conform to somebody to, so that they like you and just be comfortable in who you are and know that you are special and know that somebody is going to love you for you. And, and, and that's, and that's enough. I think that would be, that would be for a young, a young girl just starting to date. That would be, um, I think the, that is the number advice. one advice. I I also do think that she probably would have a hard time trying to date because she got a lot to look up to. You know what I mean? Like you guys kind of, she lives in home with the blueprint. So she's going to have that, her perception of relationship and love and what it's supposed to be. You know, the bar's kind of high. You know what I mean? Man, um, and, she, that- and she has an examples of what relationship and marriage and stuff is supposed to be. So she's not going to just settle for anything when that time comes for her to start dating and even just seeking people and friends. I think that, you know, you and Roxy help with that decision making, even though you probably don't know now. I think that that has a lot to that. That's some influence she has on how to select people. And it will when she gets to dating, that will kind of rub off, you know, romantically and the partner you choose you know what i mean yeah no absolutely and then that's the best way to do it through through action through you know um learning vicariously through what you see and i i think that is what me and roxy you know strive for whether it's on a relation relational level of you seeing how husband and wife are supposed to love or how a a man is supposed to treat um, a woman, how, how people are supposed to raise kids, even on a professional level, like entrepreneurship or creativity. Just I, we, we want to create a space where our daughter is learning vicariously through us and our actions, not just through our words. And if, when she gets to a place and we s- start seeing her you know, move into those directions organically. It's just, man, it's going to be such, such a blessing for sure. 
That was pretty interesting too when you said in the doc bonus clip that you have to love this child and not expect anything back. That was, I've never looked at, that's how you look at parenting, but I've never heard it in that perspective. Um, and that was pretty, pretty interesting. That was powerful. And that was a lot to digest. I'm not a parent, but I know a lot of people who are in situations where they, they have children or they have stepchildren or bonus children or have to raise their nieces and nephews. And that is how you look at raising a child or having a child. But yeah, I never man. heard it like that. Um, and I just feel like from a perspective of a step parent too, because it's, it's different. I mean, there is a level of unconditional love that when the child comes from you or is part of you, when it's your biological child, or, I mean, even when you have them at super, super young, then they develop that when they know like, okay, you're my, you're my mom or you're my dad, you have that connection so yeah sometimes kids don't always show their show their love but a parent knows like they when they come calling mommy or or daddy and the way they look at kid where they they look at their parents there's a, a level of connection that is just special so sometimes kids will say the the meanest things but they parents know that man, my child loves me, and right. I just feel like that dynamic with step parenting, especially because I came into Yaz's life older. Well, there's not that unconditional love on on both sides. I have to love unconditionally, and she doesn't have to lie but you it's just a different like the way she loves her her biological father whether he's been present or absent is what i would is what i yearn for like man i want her to yearn for me the way she yearns for her biological father and it's just difficult that dynamic of a relationship to where you have to be willing to put a hundred percent effort in and understand and be okay with them not putting in the any type of effort a little effort not the same or just knowing that it's not reciprocated and you know it's like i said in the in the um and black on black love it's it's strange because no other relationship dynamic i believe we would be accepting of that like in our friendships and our right. on our romantic relationship, like if somebody's not, you know, putting in effort, then it's just like, okay, like deuces, like you're you're not invested, so why am I gonna invest? But as a as a parent, you don't you just it's it's not the same. And especially as a step parent, you don't have that that element of unconditional love from the child to the parent. She's at that age though where she is I mean, we've all been preteen, teen before, so we know that's not an easy journey just personally. So, right. you know, navigating through this, you, you know, I'm pretty, you already have the tools anyway. You're a smart person, and Roxy's a smart woman as well. But, you know, keep that in mind too when you are 
you know, when those challenges come up, you know, you got to remember, too, that she is that age where, you know, they, we, I mean, I gave my parents problems when I was, you know, a preteen and teen, you know what I mean? So on top of that, you have to, you understand what I mean? Thousand, thousand percent sure. Um, I agree with you a thousand percent. We're actually reading a book together. Uh, so for any of your listeners who have kids that are in the, the pre, um, the tween, the tween years, um, my stepdaughter's 12. She's going to be 13 in February. So anybody that's parenting that age, girls specifically, there's a great book that we're in the middle of called Untangled. And it specifically just talks about the, the behaviors um, of, you know, young tweens that are kind of transitioning into, you know, young adulthood and just all the different elements of you know characteristic traits that and behaviors that you can anticipate and expect when you think things are going wrong or just things that you should be aware of it's an amazing it's an amazing read it's very informative um so i we haven't finished it yet but it's because we're in the we're kind of in the thick of things when it's funny to read the book and then laugh like Yep, they nailed this one right on the head. Yep, <laughs> they nailed this one <laughs> right on the head. So it's called Untangled. I, I highly recommend the book for somebody raising um, uh, a young girl. Who does your branding? Romanticize, Roxy's. You guys all have these word plays on your screen names. And who's the brain behind that? <laughs> well, Nico Rocks, I don't. I don't even know. I don't want to take the credit for it if I wasn't <laughs> the one who who came up with it. The idea of Nico Rocks has been, I mean, we started that concept while we were doing long distance. I mean, knowing what we were in the middle of and what we were trying to embark on, we just always foresaw us, you know, telling our story or thinking that this this would be something that we wanted to hear. So we came up with Nico rocks years ago and I don't remember. And it was, I remember one day we might've been on vacation together and we were just brainstorming different, uh, different ideas. And we came up with Nico rocks. I'm not sure if I did or if she did. And then romanticize that was actually recent. I came up with that. I'm, I'm super indecisive. I'm that's another characteristic trait that I'm not fond of. Uh, not my greatest, greatest traits where it's just like, I, I will spend three hours just trying to buy a pair of shoes. Like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And so I, I had one, I started with something called grow with Nico. Um, and it was, you know, more inspirational. Just talk. It was always relation, like relationship based, but, it's all about like elevating our lives on a relationship level. And I, I had grow with Nico and then I had switched it up. And then I was just thinking, oh, my last name is Roe. And then romanticize. I was like, oh, okay. I kind of like that, that play, play on words. So then I, yeah, I finally landed with romanticize. Yeah, that, that's a good one. It's funny. When I read it, I was like, oh, last name, Roe. Makes sense. And I'm like, this is fun. This is wordplay. This is branding. You, um, same thing with Nico Rocks and 
all all your your names and your concepts are very um you know somebody gets it in a quick elevator pitch and i and i'm a fan of that so good thing with the branding and being easy to find and kind of you get the gist of it when you tell somebody the screen name the handles or the websites who's the perfect client for you who will come to you for your services who is the perfect client perfect client for me is either a man or a woman uh, who is in a place in their life, whether they've been playing the field and they're finally ready to settle down and, and looking for longevity and looking for Mr. or Mr. Right or somebody who maybe has been married before and they've been out the game for a while, they're divorced and now they're finally ready to you know explore dating again and they just don't know how to get started or even what to do um I'm, the majority of my clients right now are women just because they just they're braver than men they seem to be more um have a more of a willingness to to seek help or seek coaching but i am looking for more men i work with both and i think i can you know help both men and women are equally. What is a relationship exercise that our listeners should do as soon as possible? I do one of the, I'm, I'm giving you guys a gem. One of the things I do with all my clients before even meeting with them, I have a, a, a thorough discovery, self-discovery to where you really have to spend time with yourself and identify the things that are important to you and things that aren't important to you. Um, I'm not going to disclose specifically everything that's in the, in the, the discovery, but really you want to identify deal breakers, things that, you know, no matter how amazing somebody is, the, the things that you wouldn't be able to, um, live with or or stand for and and really understand what you're looking for in a relationship the value that you bring to a relationship and the type of person that you want to uh, attract get it down on paper and and use that that is going to be something that you always reference because sometimes we meet people that aren't the right ones, but it feels nice and it's great. And if you have somebody that cares about you or you're working with a coach, they can call you out on it and always have a reference point to go back to and say, like, I know it feels nice, but this is, these are the things that you said you're looking for. And this person is not displaying those, those attributes. That's hey, good advice. So listeners, be sure to partake in that exercise. Where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram, Romanticize. It's R-O-W-E-M-A-N-T-I-C. No, I didn't do that right. It's R-O-W-E-M-A-N-T-I-Z-E, Romanticize. And actually... Until the end of the year, I am doing, I'm working on a, a case study 
So I'm taking on clients 100% pro bono. Um, I have some room for women. I'm really looking for more guys to, to join the case study. Um, I'm, I'm working on a, a program specifically that you guys will be able to have access to. Um, and I'll be able to, you know, publish it or do like a, a webinar type, um, uh, type format to where you can, you know, purchase the, uh, the workshop without spending the money for one-on-one coaching. So I'm working on this case study right now. So I'm doing a, I'm just trying to take on volume. I'm working on this until the end of the year. So if you or somebody, you know, is, you know, in a position where they're, they're looking for companionship or have struggled in the dating realm, please direct them to my, uh, Instagram. You could jump in my, uh, DMs, and then I'll send you uh, an email and, and show you exactly how to get started. And again, your, um, your, your Instagram is go ahead, the, go, wait, give the Instagram is romanticized. Yeah, the Instagram is romanticized. And then also, if you like what we've been talking about, um, I have a podcast out right now, a podcast and a YouTube channel. The podcast is going the distance with Nico rocks where my wife and I uh, really disclose the in and outs of our journey from going from an intercontinental long distance relationship all the way to, you know, present day and becoming married and, and just the ins and outs of that long distance journey, as well as our YouTube channel where we have, you know, fun behind the scenes, uh, footage of us recording our podcast along with a lot of lifestyle content where, you know, we, we talk about our travels, uh, relationship-based stuff, family, food, all, all the fun stuff. It's, it, it's great entertainment. And I definitely think you guys will enjoy it. So hop on there. And the YouTube channel is um, on the go with Nico Rocks. So YouTube on the go with Nico Rocks podcast going the distance with Nico Rock. That's right. All the links to the socials podcast and YouTube will be in the description of this episode details. If you're listening on Spotify and again, don't forget to check your local listings and on demand to catch Nico and his wife, Roxy on the Oprah Winfrey network owns black love doc. Apple listeners hit that subscribe button. If you haven't Spotify, Hit that follow button, and while you're at it, follow me, Sean Allen Live, on every platform. And for more info on this show, search and follow here ASAP everywhere. That is H-E-A-R-A-S-A-P. See you guys on the next one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.